0: Welcome to the Word of Life Tabernacle Podcast, where we know one word from God can change your life today. From wherever you are listening, we hope you are encouraged by this week's message. Those of you that have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Matthew's Gospel, Chapter 11. Matthew's Gospel, Chapter 11. And we want to teach from the subject, Finding Rest for Your soul. Finding rest for your soul. Now when we talk about the soul, we're talking about your mind. I like that dove, praise God, that is representative of the Holy Spirit because he's our comforter. And you say, Well, finding rest for your soul, yes, we're talking about the mind. First Thessalonians five twenty three says, I pray the God of peace sanctify you wholly, all one peace, your whole spirit, soul, and body. Faithful is he that will call you, and he will also do it. So we know man is a spirit. That's the part of us that contact God. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. We have a soul, which is our mind, will, and intellect, and we live in a body, which is our earth suit. And so there are so many people tonight that have no rest or peace for their soul, their mind because of the crisis that's in the world. Uh, And I'm not just talking about sinners. I'm talking about even church people finding rest of their soul. This scripture I'm about to read is not just written to sinners. It's written to believers, sinners, whosoever will. Because particularly during this pandemic, people have been out of work. Some have been furloughed. Some of them have uh, lost their businesses, jobs. Some of them believe in God for income. Some of them believe in God for Uh, You know, uh, I was just thinking about the coronavirus, and I was thinking about over five, five, well, half a million people have perished. And I was just thinking about that was someone's mother, father, sister, brother, you know, dad, cousin. And I was just thinking about the fear that would just alone that would be in their minds. Because you've had now a loved one day, it's going you you next. That's how the devil does. I mean, it's not just the folks that have passed or gone on with it. It's the fear that Satan uses. And not to mention the economy, unemployment, all this stuff that's going on now. People trying to figure it out. And because they take on too much on their mind, the mind was not designed to carry us, our soul. Our spirit was. Proverbs tells us the strong spirit of a man will sustain him in time of infirmity and bodily harm. That's the part of you that's in the likeness of God. That's what the, the forces of the spirit, love, joy, peace, meekness, temperance, faith. All of these things are down inside of us when we are born again and against us there is no law. These are the things that feed on the word of God that will sustain you, not your mind. And what have happened is a lot of people particularly doing the crisis that's in the world now, have tried to figure out how I'm going to get the money. Even I'm not just talking about Christians. I'm talking about pastors. There are a lot of churches that's been shaken. A lot of people, how are we going to make it? How are we going to raise money? And notice I said raise money, which you're not supposed to do. You receive offers, not raise offers. But trying to figure it all out with your natural mind, and your mind is not designed to carry that load. And so I want to teach you tonight how to find rest And I'm not just talking about physical rest. I'm talking about spiritual rest, quieting the mind. That's why people can't rest. Physically, it's because they lay down, they lay their physical body down, but the mind is still going and turning like a treadmill. Uh, How are we going to get the money? What about that bill? How are you going to pay this? You know, car payment come on this day, and the mortgage payment do on that day, and you know the doctor said this, and you gotta get this, groceries, and how you gonna, and, and so you lay there in your physical body, but your mind keep doing, going, and what the body, when the body is is, is active like that, that uh, the mind is active like that, it affects your body. The body cannot rest. It opens the door for sickness, disease, and uh, worry, fear, anxiety, and so That's the part of you that I'm talking about. You know, when people hear about rest, they think about going to sleep or laying down or just becoming inactive. I'm not talking about becoming inactive. I'm talking about going to work. I'm talking about going by the grocery store, going by the cleaner, working with the kids, doing all those things, remaining active, but doing it with peace, doing it with rest. There's an ease on the inside of you. So we'll see this as we get into it here Jesus said in Matthew's gospel, chapter 11, verse 28 and 29. Matthew 11, verse 28 and 29. In verse 28, he says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy, laden, or burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, For I'm meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. You shall find rest for your souls. Come unto me, and I'll give you rest. Don't carry the burden. Don't carry the care. Don't carry all of these things that are out of your control. Come unto me. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me. Get in my word. Learn my promises of God, and you'll find rest for your souls. Notice he said, take my yoke upon thee. He says, listen, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Whoever, whatever you yoke to, you will bear that burden. It's just like two oxen. If you got two oxen and they have that wood yoke and and one of them is pulling, plowing the field, and the other one is lazy, then that Other one is going to have to work double time, and that's how the devil is. He'll put yokes and burdens on your life and bills and problems and kids and what you're going to do about house payment and car payment and try to drive you crazy in your soul. And what Jesus is saying, hey, when you come to me, your soul, your mind, your emotions will find rest, ease. My yoke is easy. In other words, you don't have to carry me. I'll carry you. Praise God, hallelujah, I'll carry you in the problem. I'll carry your burdens. I'll carry whatever the car payment, house payment, whatever it is, give it to me. You'll find rest for your soul. And there are so many people tonight. And, I mean, we we see it. We we know not only the pandemic has already amplified what was already in the world. People trying to figure it out. Pastors trying to figure it out. You know, I'm unemployed. How am I going to get money? You know, how, uh, you know what about the car payment? What about, how, what about food? I mean, there is a crisis in America. There are food lines. You don't have to go to Africa. You don't have to go to India now to see folks that's, that's waiting on food lines and, and food boxes. That's happening right here now because there's a crisis. And in the midst of that what the enemy is trying to do is literally drive people particular Christians crazy. Yet there's rest here available. Jesus said it starts with coming to me. You can't do it on your own. Without me you can't do nothing. You're trying to work it all out. Get three jobs and you're working and hustling like a sinner. You know, taking on the care and and trying to, you know, do the works of the flesh and create your own ishmael. And and maybe, you know, I can pay it off and and I can, you know, get the money for the kid and and I can fix my car and, and maybe I can get some groceries. And Jesus said, it starts with me. Come unto me, he says here. Hallelujah, he says. And quit laboring. Quit trying to work hard. There's a, when, you, when you come to me, your labor will be in the word of God. We which enter into his rest have ceased on our own labor. And you're heavy laden, carrying burdens. I didn't design for you to carry care in your mind, and your will, and your emotion. The mind can only take so much and it'll snap. Your emotions, that's why people lose their mind. That's why there are mental diseases, and that's why there are all types of folks that have had mental health crisis because they took on too much in their mind. That's why even we see the suicide rate is up in the world during this pandemic because people are trying to do it all themselves. And he said, learn of me, for I'm meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. We're talking about finding rest For our souls, I want you to look at this in the amplified Bible. You have to do this for yourself. You can't control what someone else thinks, do, or whatever. You know, uh, this is a personal thing. You're gonna have to learn to control your own mind and emotions and rest in God. God do not want us worried, full of fear and anxiety. Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden and overburdened, take it on too much. I can do it. You know, I remember when I started the church, man, you know, I thought I had to do everything. I remember way back in the 70s, I would set up my church and set up my little, uh, my little amplifier and get my, get my little microphone. And I would, I would set them all apart and, and you know, I, I would just do everything and, you know, and, and take them up. And when we preach and fold them up and put because no one can set the church like that. No, that's too much. You have to learn to delegate. You have to let things go. He says, you that are overburdened, I will. He says, I will cause you to rest. Watch this. I love this. I will ease and relieve and refresh your soul, your mind, your will. your You know, David talked about that. There was times he was fighting Goliath and times he was uh, Saul came against him and his own son, Absalom, was coming against him. And I'm sure there's times it just seemed like things overwhelmed him. And yet he says, the Lord restores my soul. He refreshes. We all need our soul. And what restores your soul is the word of God. The soul needs an anchor. The soul needs an anchor. And that anchor for your mind, will, and emotion is the word of God. Anchored in healing. Anchored in joy. Anchored in provision. Coming from God. He said, you'll find release. And I'll refresh your souls. Keep going. He said, now take my yoke upon you. And learn of me. Get in the word of God. Seek first the kingdom of God is right. Learn of me. I'm gentle, meek, humble, lowly in heart. And you will find rest, relief, ease. Listen to all these words. Refreshment and recreation and blessed quietness for your soul. Look at that. He says rest, relief, ease, refreshment and recreation. In other words, your soul need a vacation. Sometimes you just need to let the kids, bills, problem, everything go, and just learn how to, how to praise. That don't mean that you, you're, you're, inact and you're in, inactive. That don't mean that you're not, you're not dealing with the problem. It just means that you roll your caravan on God. Your soul needs a vacation sometimes, just like your body physically needs a vacation. And what happens is people go to the beach, you know, they'll go, you know, to the mountains, they'll go on vacation, and they'll take their kids, the problem car payment, bills, America, all that with them, you're not, you're, hey man, you're not, you're, you're, your soul is not resting, it just cause you physically on the beach. If your mind is still locked on your problem, I see people all the time, and don't get me wrong, I understand some of you working at home during this pandemic, but you know what, if I go to the beach, I ain't going to be taking no laptop out on no beach, be sitting there working and trying to look. If I'm at the beach, I'm at the beach. I'm going to listen to some water. I'm going to listen to wind. I'm letting it go. I can't do nothing. That's why I went to the beach, to leave the children, the problems, the situation, the bill. Why? We all need refreshment. And the word of God, Jesus said, I will refresh your soul. While you are at the beach, being refreshed and trusting me and on vacation, I'll be dealing with the children. I'll be bringing in the finance. I'll be working on the mortgage payment. Hallelujah. He says, hey, you'll find rest for your soul. And this is where so many people are missing now. So many people are, or, or, or you, say, you say, well, well, Pastor, this, what's the big issue? It's, oh, this is a very big issue. Because your mind is your will and your, your emotions, and as your mind go, as you go this is what caused all types of breakdowns emotional breakdowns and mental breakdown matter of fact put up going to put up my statement and we'll get into this people spend multi-millions of dollars on pharmaceutical drugs trying to find rest it's a multi-million dollar business there are people who are taking pills popping pills to go to sleep taking melatonin, taking this, and ain't nothing wrong with melatonin, ain't nothing wrong with, but mo, this is where most people become addicted. They go to the doctor and trying to find out how to get relief here, and they get on these pain pills and all this stuff, a lot of stuff is just dope. It don't even heal. It don't get rid of the pain. It just covered, it. and then they become addicted to all of these type of valiums and pills, and that's supposed to bring relief. And then they begin to pin a lot of them never break that addiction. Some of them do it with alcohol. There are people who do different things, some drugs that go different places, trying to find release. But the the pharmaceutical drug uh, business—it's—it's it's a multi-million, actually billion-dollar. I meant to say billion. That's actually a misprint, because the whole world is trying to find out. How do you rest? How can you get released? How can you sleep at night? Because the world is in a crisis. One of our greatest icons, uh, MJ. You know who MJ is. our greatest pop singer and entertainer. As far as I'm concerned, that ever was on the face of the earth. That's all he wanted. He, he got tired at the end of his life. He had uh, world fame. He had uh, best-selling albums and best-selling records. He had parks, He owned Cars and this, and still didn't have no rest, and he found himself, you know, getting on this what is called propofol, and without, you know, uh, a doctor, a true doctor supervision, yes, uh, it can cause death. But all he was looking for was rest. Amen. There are all types of people popping pills tonight. They're taking back. They're doing this, trying to deal with the cares of this world. And Jesus is saying, "Let all that stuff go and come to me." Get in the word of God. I'll take all that. I'll teach you how to rest. And while you rest, I'll deal with your children. I'll deal with the problem. I'll deal with all of the cares of life. There's rest in me. But there are people who actually become addicted. Now you say, well, well, well. what's the big deal about the soul? Finding rest for your soul. Well, as go your soul, as go your life. 3 John 1 and 2 says this. That's why Jesus said you need rest for your soul. John said, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper, and watch this, and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. To the degree that your mind, your will, and your emotions are healthy will be the degree of your physical body being healthy. That's why so many people are sick. There are certain things, there are certain soul sicknesses. The root to cancer. The root to leukemia, the, the root to all major diseases is because people get in worry, fear, anxiety, and their soul, their mind is not prospering. It's unhealthy. They try to figure it out. And how I'm going to get this bill, and how I'm going to, you know, during this pandemic, pay this, and, and how I'm going to get my kids back in school, and, and I'm behind on my car payment, and the doctor said this, and all of this. And watch this phrase. It literally worries them to death what's on their mind begins to affect their health. Because when your soul is unhealthy, then not only is your health and your marriage is unhealthy, your relationship's unhealthy, why, you're stressed out, you're taking out on the wife and kids, why? Because of the pressure in your mind. So this is a big deal. That's why Jesus said, you need to come to me because if you don't take control of your soul, your life is going to be out of control. The way you think about this with your kids and and your own health. So here he says, I want you to prosper to the degree that your soul prospers, that your mind prospers as go your thinking and your mind, as go your health. We know that the body has the ability to heal itself. God designed it that way. Amen. That's why you can scrub your knuckles or fall or scrub your knee and without doing anything you don't have to put no type of methylate, you don't have to put no type of uh, uh, cure, no type of medicine on it. And by itself your blood will coagulate and a scab will come up. I've seen this happen. And then once Two to three days, that scab will come off, and you'll see a scar there. And then skin pigmentation will begin to pre- replace that, and the color will come back. And maybe two to three months later, you might can't, don't even know a scar was there. Why? That's the body designed to heal itself. But fear, worry, anxiety, things that you take on your mind, all these cares, will break down that and affect your health. So this is a big deal. That's why we're seeing people die early. You know, it's not just the pandemic killing people. It's the things that they're worried about along with the pandemic that's taking people out early. And so we're going to have to learn, particularly as Christians, how to let things go. Understand what you have control over and what you do not have control over. And learn how to cast all of your cares over on the Lord for he cares for you. You know, the soul can become addicted. It It can get bad habits. Some people's souls and minds are addicted to worry, fear, fret, anxiety. They, 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 they think it's, un, it's, it's not normal to have peace, and yet that's the main thing Jesus left with us. St. John 14, 27. He says, my peace I give unto you. My peace I bequeath. I died to give you peace and rest. The chastisement of your peace was upon me. He not only paid the price for your physical healing, he paid the price so you could have peace of mind, the peace of God that passes all understanding. Hallelujah. But there are some people who so caught up in bills, problems, children, money, this. That running. How I'm gonna do this. Oh my God, I gotta get new tires. Oh, I'm gonna have to go get the grocery. Oh, so and so is coming up. Health care, how am I gonna do that? Because it's supposed to be running out. Oh my God, all that. And I'm talking about it begins to affect their health. And Jesus paid the price for our peace. He said the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes were healed. So the soul have to, you have to, you have to discipline it. If you don't, if you let your mind, that's why the Bible says casting down thoughts and imagination. Your mind will try to go out and reach about problems and situations and stuff it can't even do nothing about. Children and marriage and family and oh my God, I'm behind on the carpet. That's your soul. You're going to have to control your soul. Because it can take on bad habits and become addicted to worry. There are some people who are afraid to have peace. Matter of fact, there's a scripture that I'm going to use in my kitty. I think it's uh, Psalms 131. Very interesting scripture, verse 2. Psalms 131, verse 2. And this is the Amplified verse. Look what it says. Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul. I and mean, you know, sometimes your mind is running about, what you're going to do? You're trying to rest. Oh, you got to do this. Oh, tomorrow you got to go and get the car in the shop. And then when you do that, you got to pick up the clothes. And you got to go by and stop at work and do this and do that. And then after you do that, you got to do the kid, take the kids to soccer. Gotta... Sometimes you have to quiet your mind. Jesus said, come to me, I'll quiet your, your mind and find recreation, relief. That don't mean you're inactive, it means while you're taking the kid, while you're going to the grocery store, while you are taking care of business, while you're on your job. We're not talking about inactivity, we're saying that you can be calm and have peace while you're doing that. But you have to take control over that. He says, surely I, you got to take control over your soul. Your mind and emotions will go wild with fear and worry. That's why David said in Psalms 103, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and all that is in me. Bless his soul. He's taking control of it. So, And don't forget about all God's benefits. You think on what I want you to think on. I'm going to calm you. I have surely calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mother. And... Like a weaned child is my soul within me cease from fretting. See, your soul won't fret. Oh, what you going to do about this? Oh, what if you catch coronavirus? Oh, what if you lose your job? Oh, what if you get laid off? Hang on. To that. Your soul, your mind will go wild, but you have to calm it with the word of God. Jesus said, come to me. You'll find peace and rest for your soul. Now, what do you mean a weaned child? A child become addicted to that bottle, just like you can become addicted to wearing. it addicted to fear. You think it's normal. you worry so much because mama worried and your kids worry. Oh, Lord, what am I going to do about this bill? Oh, my God, I'm behind on the car payment. Oh, what if they laid me off? You know, down there, they're talking about, you know, the job ain't going good and they're talking about short time. Oh, that's an addiction. And you have to break that the same way you break a child off that bottle. He don't want to give it up. But you wean it slowly by slowly. See, I used to be like, we all were like that until I came to Jesus. Then I learned he would pay for the church. He would take care of the members. He would meet my needs. I had to wean my soul from addictive behavior and learn how to trust God for the money. Trust God for my soul. Take no worry thought, Jesus said. What you are gonna wear, what you put on? He said, consider the fowls of the air. They don't sow, nor do they reap. They don't have a job. Neither do they get a paycheck. yet. your heavenly father feed them. So you have to take control over yourself. And it starts with coming to Jesus. Submitting your life to him. Giving the, all of your care over on him. And break that addiction, praise God, the same way a child can't go on three, four, six, seven years old walking somewhere in with a bottle. You gotta break that addiction. That's an unhealthy addiction. Well, there are certain unhealthy things, addictive habits that your soul, your mind can get hold to. And only Jesus and the word of God can break that. Praise God. Notice he said, I did it. Now look at this other statement. So then Jesus invited you and I To exchange our burdens for his rest. It's an exchange. He ain't going to make you do it. I'll give you beauty for ashes. The all of joy for mourning. If you put on the garment of praise, then I'll get the spirit of heaven and salt. See, it's a lot of things we take on that God didn't design for you to take on. That's part of trusting God. He invites you and I to exchange our burdens for his rest, his peace. Look at Psalms 55, verse 22, Amplified Version. Cast thy burden. Cast means to, to fling with force. Don't be worried about the bill. Don't worry about Listen, you can't do, there are certain things that happened in this pandemic. God says, I can take care of you. I took care of the children of Israel in the wilderness, I provided a table for them, I brought water out of the rock. I brought fresh mamma from heaven. I protected them. I went before them as a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. I was their glory. He said, cast. Cast." Let the child go. Let the bill go. Let that job situation go. Quit worrying about your boss man. And most of all, let your haters go. Quit worrying about your enemies. No weapon formed against you is going to prosper. Well, what did they do this? And I heard they were trying to. Well, it's not going to prosper. So take all of that. Cast that burden on the Lord. Now, how you know that you really give it to him? Releasing the weight of it. Come unto me, all ye that labor and burden. Release the weight. Let that child, let that bill, let that copy. Cast it, give it to me. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God by casting all of your care. And notice God don't want you carrying it in your mind and in your thinking. And he said, he will sustain you. To sustain means to keep going. Thank God he'll keep you going. Halime means to nourish and keep going. And he says he will never allow the consistently righteous to be moved. But what if I slip? You won't slip. But what if I fail or fall? You won't fall or fail. God says, I won't let you down. You give it to me. You get that boy, that girl. You get that job situation. You get them finances. You get that doctor's, that negative doctor report. Give it to me. And then go to the Word of God and find the answer that gives you rest. We're going to talk about that. And I won't let you fall or fail. Hallelujah. Praise God. I want you to look with me at Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. So we're talking about finding rest for your soul because there are so many people. Particularly right now, all the crisis, all the unrest, all the division, all the, that we see. Hallelujah. That's why so many people, some people don't have the word of God. They're trying to figure out now what's going on. You know, Marvin Gaye, in the 60s and 70s, remember wrote a song, what's going on? What's going on? And that's what the what in the world is going on my mom and gay was really prophetic oh mercy mercy me things ain't what they used to be and they're not it's all kinds of stuff stuff that your mama my mama and your mama never thought they would deal with And they was alive. they would roll over in their grave because this world is in disarray there's a shaking in this world there's lawlessness in this world and there are people that's standing back trying to figure out but we as Christians Jesus said no come to me Cast the burden on me and I will sustain thee. So by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place, notice it was by faith. That he should after receive an inheritance. Obey. And he went out. Look at this phrase, not knowing whether he went, not knowing where they went. By faith, Abraham, get out of your father's house. Get out from your kinfolk to the land I'll show thee. I got this inheritance. I want to bless you, and you shall be a blessing, dispensing goods to others. And through you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. But I'm not going to tell you till you get out. Well, Lord, show me, and I'll get out. He said, no, you get out, and I'll show you. That's where faith comes in. Sometimes we, don't, we want to know everything. Well, well how God going to pay the bill? Well, how God going to save my child? That ain't none of your business. He said, not knowing. You just step out by faith. It's just like later on when Isaac came and God says in Genesis 22, "Take him up the mountain and sacrifice to him to meet with God. And Abraham knew through the seed, then the whole of this generation would be blessed. Now he didn't know what God' going to do, but he knew that him and Isaac had to come back down, so he said, "I don't know what God going to do." And he told the lads, he said, "Y'all remain here." Everyone can't go where you're going when you're walking by faith. There's different levels. There's sometimes you have to just lead people on the left. He said, me and the lad, we're going yonder to worship, and we will return. How he's going to do it? He said, well, even if you have to raise them from the dead, but we want to know everything. How are you going to get the money? How are you going to pay for the church? How are you going to pay for the property? How, man, let me tell you, over the years as I trust God from coming out of the little YMCA to land and property, there's a lot of things I didn't know. How are we going to get the people? Where the cameras going to come from? One day how are we going to be on television? You can go crazy trying to figure all that out. But you got to buy faith. Take the first step. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Sometimes it's like being led by Jesus as a barefoot, blinded priest. Well, wherever you go out far, I don't know yet, but if you told me to get out, that's the first step. And I'll take another step. And that's what it's called, being led by the Spirit. You don't know. And then he got there, and all of a sudden, he saw the mountain. All of a sudden, he got up to the mountain, and he's pulled back tonight. What? There's a ram in the bush. Then it begin to come clear. That's what faith is. Faith is trusting God when you can't see it, when you can't feel it, when you don't know how he's going to do it. That's none of your business. Well, how he going to get the money? How he going to get me that job? I don't even have my resume. I'm not qualified. You just go up there. He told you to go up there and put in an application. The steps of a good man are about Lord. So my point is, there's gonna be some things you just ain't gonna know. <laughs> but, you, but but by faith, faith says it's the substance of things. Hopeful, I might not know how, but I know He will. Understand what I'm saying? Come on. So Abraham, a lot of times, in our mind, we're trying to get information that's none of our business. How God gonna save him? He don't know my boy. How God gonna get, she deal with my daughter. How God gonna get me the money. How God gonna get me in that university. I ain't smart. How God, there's a lot of things. God, I didn't know. But as I took the first step, he showed me the next step. So you can't wait to know and find everything. That would drive you crazy. That's none of your business. It's a step of faith. He'll get you the money. He'll pay your bill. He'll take care of your children. You let it go in your mind. Come to Jesus. He said, give it to me, hallelujah. Your soul will find rest. Don't go crazy upstairs trying to figure out everything. Let me give you this statement. Don't trouble then your mind trying to figure out everything. Just simply trust God. (laughs) Abraham said, I don't know. But I know he told me to get out. And I'm gonna start there. And notice he said from your father's house. He was 75 years old, don't you think it's about time? He's waiting on his father Tara to die for a natural inheritance. God said, What your daddy got for you don't even compare to this inheritance I got waiting on you. And sometimes that's where we allow soul ties, people that we are mama, daddy, brother, sister, to hold us back. Because we want, Paul said, when 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 God revealed to me that I should preach to the heathen, and this is in Galatians chapter one, he said immediately I didn't confer with flesh and blood. He didn't. He didn't ask mama, is it okay, dad? And sometimes that's what we are so so tied. We're waiting on other people. They're holding us back from our inheritance, and they don't know what God is telling you. God told me to get out of one of the largest churches back in the, you know, when I got saved in the 70s and 80s in this city. And everybody wondered, what is he gonna do? He left the church. Well, I stood out there by faith. And here I am some 40 years later preaching the gospel to the world. And little by little, God revealed. I didn't know everything. I didn't know how God was gonna bring me to this place. And so, don't, Trouble your mind by trying to figure out everything. Just simply trust God. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Faith is a product of the heart. With the heart, man, believe it. Not with the mind. And lean not toward thine own understanding. I just don't understand where you're going to get the money from. I just don't understand how we buy the house, how we're going to have a house and be making a car payment too. I just don't understand how my kid going to get money to go to school. I just don't not. Yeah, Yeah, you're you going to go crazy. You, you, that's why you're up all night. That's why your health is being affected because your soul is carrying the worry and as your soul goes, as go your health. God says, I'll prosper you even as your soul prosper. Let it go. All oh, you need to understand that God said it. And he cannot lie. In all thy ways, then he said, all he wants you to do? Let it go. Just acknowledge him. Okay, God, you told me to get out. All right, I'm going to get out, Abraham said. And he began to direct his path. And it might take a week, two weeks, a month, a year. But you can't wait on your mind to understand everything God going to do. If God is too big for you, if you could understand everything, you wouldn't need to trust him. <laughs> so there's a part in walking by faith that you ain't going to know everything. You ain't going to know the interest details. you going to know what God promised you, and you're going to have to learn how to just acknowledge him. Okay, God, when do you want me to go? Well, next week. Move out. Leave your daddy out. All right, I'll do it next week where am I going? That ain't none of your business. And you know the story. When he got out there, he took Lot with him, and God still wouldn't show him. And finally, he separated from Lot because there was strife. That's why I'm saying everyone ain't called to go where you go. That's why when some people leave your ministry, you need to rejoice. Because they're stopping. Like that, they were stopping the blessing. And the blessing was on Abraham. He said, you go left, I'll go right. You go north, i go south. Because I'm blessed. And when he separated from Lot, the Bible says, he got out there and God said, now lift up your eyes. Lot means impaired vision. See, you can't see. Everybody can't see what God wants you to see. He said, as far as you can see, how many souls can you see? Hallelujah, how many buildings can you see? Hallelujah, how many families can you see? Because if you can see, you can have what you see. We saw that Abraham, hallelujah, division the grew. Then he began to understand. So you need to just acknowledge him in all your ways and and, and, and and quit trying to carry everything and understand what you mind. Look at 1 Kings, chapter 8. 1 Kings, chapter 8. He said, Well, well. Where does faith come from? He said, by faith, faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We're not talking about just stepping out because, you you know, someone said, I'm I'm, I'm stepping out on blind faith. Faith ain't blind. You better have a word. What you mean, blind faith? Faith knows where it's going. Faith has a beginning and an end. His name is Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. What you mean? That means when you step out of faith, that means I'm stepping on something that God has said. That word will not let me down. When God told Peter, he said, Lord, we think it's the spirit. But if it be you, bid me to come. He said, come. Well, Peter stepped out on the word, come. And notice he's walking not just on the water. He's walking on the word. Anything God tells you, you can walk on it because he's upholding all things by the word of his power. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He didn't tell Bartholomew. He didn't tell uh, James. He told Peter. And when God gives you a word, you might not know what, but I know he won't let me slip, fall, or fail. And even when he did begin to fall, because he saw the wind voices, he cried out, and immediately God reached out his hand and said, Though he may fall, he's not utterly cast down for the hand of the Lord. So don't let fear grip you. Now, look at 1 Kings, chapter eight. Look with me at verse 54 through 56. This is why, where your real rest comes from. We've been talking about rest. Here's the key. Yeah, you come to Jesus, but you, you need to find out what he said. That's what you're gonna hang your hat on, what God said, because God can't lie. Find out the promise that cover your child in rest. Find out the promise to cover your healing. Himself bore my sickness, cured my diseases, and with His stripes I'm healed. He's the Lord thy God that healeth all my infirmities. Psalms 103. okay, I'm going to find that. Praise God, 1 Peter two twenty four. by His stripes you were healed. Okay, Psalms 91 said with long life, I go find all the promises, and notice what, what it says here in 1 Kings chapter 8, Verse 54 through 56. And it was so that when Solomon had made an end of praying all this prayer and supplication unto the Lord, he arose before the altar of the Lord, kneeling on his knees with his hands, spread up to heaven. And he stood and blessed all the congregation of Israel with a loud voice saying, blessed be the Lord who hath given unto his people, who have given rest unto his people? How? According to all that he has promised. Yeah, but what if it failed? Keep reading. And they have not failed, not one word of all of his good promises, which he promised by the hand of Moses, which is by the hand of God. Because God, Moses wasn't making the promise. God was making the promise. Had, look at that. Blessed is he, he's giving rest. You know why people don't have rest? They don't know the promise. That's why you're tossing and turning over your finance. You don't know what God said about finance. That's why you're tossing and turning and you're all stressed out over your children. You don't know the promise. Praise God. Go find the promise. Go get Jeremiah and go get, I think it's, oh my God, I was reading it today. My God, uh, chapter 31. I don't know if it's 14 and 15, 16 and 17, but it says that your children will return to their own border. Weep no more over your children. Go get a promise. Isaiah 54 13. Great shall be the peace of your children. Oh, okay, and they shall be taught the Lord. Well, Satan, I bind you concerning my son and daughter. And I roll the care of them. I cast my burden. I cast the care of them over the Lord. I thank you, Father, that your promise cannot fail. Now, the promise of God, the word of God is working on my kids. The word of God is working on my finances. The word of God is working on my job. I bind that devil operating through my ungodly supervisor. I, I bind it. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. No go going there and start a fight. Find the promise. And then rest in it. Go to bed. And every time it come back up on your mind, cast that thought down. Say, no, I gave that to God. And he can't fail. And I'm going to rest. I'm going to sleep good tonight. Because God given his beloved sleep ain't worried about the kids, bills, problem, pandemic, unemployment, what I've seen on television, nothing else. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm just going to rest in the promises of God according to all that he had promised. And there has not failed, not one, not one word of all of his good promises, which he has promised. Jesus said heaven and earth will pass away, but not even one jot or tittle, not a dot, a period of my promises. All the promises of God are in him, yes and amen. God don't say, well, sometimes yes, sometimes no, but not right now. No, God don't have no three answers. All the promises of God are in him, yes and amen. By his stripes ye were healed, yes and amen. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory, yes and amen. Praise God. No weapon formed against me shall sure. prosper. Yes and amen. I don't have to wait. Well, maybe not this time. No. All the promises God are in him. They give a yes answer. Amen means so be it. Not then. All I'm doing is affirming that promise. Himself bore my weaknesses and care about Jesus. Yes and amen. Now I rest. And every thought, every fear, every I cast it down. Why? Promise can't fail. Hallelujah. And this is why people are losing their mind. Christians, not this stuff. We ain't talking about the world. The world don't have the promise. The promises have been given to you and I. But you got to get in the word of God. The Bible tells us in uh, 2 Peter, uh, the first chapter, the first three verses tells us that God has given you and I everything that pertains to life and godliness through exceeding great and precious promises. You don't know what the promise is. That's why you worry. That promise is what's going to anchor your soul. By strikes you will heal. So when the pain hit, when the doctor said we believe we see cancer, instead of going off in fear and staying up all night, now you rest because your soul has been anchored by the word of God. That means you got a part to do. You got work to rest. Even in the natural. You got bills, so you go to work. Make money. Then once you make your money, you come home and (laughs) rest. You worry about the company, but if you don't never go work. See, our labor is in the word. We're not talking about natural labor. We're not talking about physical labor. We are talking about labor in the word. To your mind, begin to submit. Your soul, you begin to wean it from fear like like that scripture we read in. Break that addiction. And it begins to hold to the word of God under pressure, under pain. So, confess and then believe the promises that God, that covers your problem. See, that's the problem. That's why, go find it. I don't know it. That's why you need to be going to a church that preach and teach the promises of God confess and didn't believe the promise that covers the problem didn't rest in it oh man i found out praise god hallelujah i done paid my tithe. i don't care what the devil the the windows of heaven are open concerning my life the bible says that i lay up and store praise god for myself so I can make demand on that in the name of God that's going to meet my needs according to his ritual. I ain't worried about that, Bill. I know we were on short time. I ain't worried about that. Thank God I got seed in the ground. I got seed in heaven. Hallelujah. So I'm going to believe what God said. Find the promise that concern your children, your wife, your family, your healing. And then confess it, believe it, and then rest in it. Hebrews 4, 9. And then verse 3. See? The, the devil crowd. this ain't for them. It's natural for them. It should be natural for those that don't know God to worry. But there remaineth therefore a rest to who? The people of God. See, a lot of people just have it in and in. And what Jesus said starts with me. Come unto me, all ye that's heavy laden. And you'll find rest for your soul, rest for your mind, rest for your mind. There's not nothing you can go through that I don't already have the solution for. But you need stars with coming to me, Hallelujah! And then you said there remains a peace for 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 we look at verse three, Hebrews four, for we which have believed, believe what the promise. If you back that one verse, it'll say, uh, have, <laughs> "For unto them was the what well, what well, was the gospel preached as well unto us, but the word preached didn't profit them because." They didn't mix faith with the promise. He's talking about the promise. You know, the Bible says that the promises of God is what anchors the soul. It's what gives you hope. Hallelujah! Hope comes from the promises of God. Day that was the Bible says to me, even God's promises to be without hope and without God in the world. You can't expect God to do something if you don't know what He said. You got to know what he said. Then you believe it and rest on it. So we which have believed do end in the rest. As he said, what did he say? As I sworn in my wrath, if they shall not enter into my rest, he was talking about those who didn't believe what he said in the wilderness. They, the Bible said their unbelief kept them out. They failed in the wilderness. Caleb and Joshua, in and in. Although, now look what God said, the work was finished from the foundation of the world he said look man there ain't nothing you can go through with your finances home marriage children family that in my foreknowledge I haven't already prepared the answer for as far as I'm concerned when I said it it was finished and God see, <laughs> when God said it was finished he wasn't saying and rested he wasn't saying I'm tired <laughs> God don't get tired he don't get weary what he is saying is I have already looked and what Adam is gonna do, already in my mind got a Redeemer. His name will be Jesus, and I know Jesus will come a body, and it's gonna be called the church, and I know everybody's gonna be in that church. I know him from the foundation of the world. I know every problem they're gonna have now until my son come back and get him. And as far as I'm concerned, there's nothing they can go through that I haven't already prepared the works and the answer for whatever they go through. So we can rest. That's why God, after the seventh day, the Bible says he rested. And that rest wasn't just talking about physical. His mind was quiet. His spirit was quiet. He says there's nothing that's going to happen throughout eternity that I haven't already have the preordained answer for. I can rest. And God is telling you, you can rest when you know what the promise is. So God is saying, I don't have no emergencies. You just need to find out the promise and enter into that rest. Praise God concerning your children, finances, home, church, marriage, and not one good word of any of those promises will fail. Praise God. So look at Isaiah chapter 30. Almost done here. Look at verse 15. Isaiah chapter 30 and look at verse 15. And then we're going to look at verse 18. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 15 and 18. So what happens is there are people who got more TV and more more of of the newspaper and all that in them than they do the promises of God. That's why they, they don't have rest for their soul. You got a part to do. Amen. We got to labor in the word and cease from our own words. God don't need your help. That's what God... Abraham and Sarah in trouble. God says you're going to have a boy, and he's going to come out of Lawrence. He's going to come out of your body. Abraham and Sarah said, "Well, maybe we need to have you need to have sex with with, with, with Hagar." And, and, the, and you know how that turned out? and created Ishmael, and Ishmael messed up everything. They were trying to help God. The promise was in the spirit, not in the flesh. And if God promised you something in His Word, in the Spirit, He don't need you over in the flesh trying to make it happen. It'll never. That's where trouble comes. God says he'll meet your need, and you, you get in the flesh and you go, I'm going to get maybe three jobs and maybe, maybe that's how you're going to supply needs. And ain't nothing wrong with working, but now you're so busy you can't even come to church because you're on first, second, third ship and graveyard ship. Dog got a job, goldfish got a job, dead, pet, smart, everybody got a job. Your kids under age, 13, 14, working illegally, hard, all they're trying to make it happen. There's no rest. And it's like you're earning money and you put it in pocket with holes. So we're, talk, we're not talking about your labor. We're talking about trusting God and let God bring his promises to pass in the Spirit. And my labor is in the Word of God, casting down thoughts and meditating the Word of God. And, and, and that will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Isaiah 30, look at verse 15. For thus saith the Lord. God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest, you shall be saved. That means delivered. That means healed. It's it's the Greek word soteria. Well, in the New Testament it is. So that just don't mean being saved from your sins. It means delivered, healed, soundness. In quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. Man, you get quiet. Hallelujah. Because you know that you know what God is going to do, but you would not. The Amplified says this, for thus saith the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning to me, he's talking about going back to me, come unto me, the rest is in him, you'll find rest for your soul, tranquility, recreation, quietness, ease, in returning to me, and resting in me, which is my word, you shall be saved, in quietness, and in trusting confidence shall be your strength. But you will not. He said, if you'll just come to me and return to me. you tried it, bills, problems, doctors, lawyers,
1: real estate, everybody.
0: Trusted it. And you still find yourself tossing and turning. And then let's go back to the King James and let's drop down to verse 18, which says this, therefore, you see he's waiting. He said, come to me, come unto me. He said, I'm waiting on the Lord. No, God waiting on you. He's waiting on you to let that thing go. Therefore, will the Lord wait? Mm, that he may be gracious to you. God says, I'm going to show you my grace. I merited favor. Therefore, will he be exalted, that he may have mercy upon you. For the Lord God is a God of judgment and blessed are all they that wait for him. That word wait means to expect, hope in. He said, I'm waiting on you to let it go and begin to give it to me and hope and wait and expect on me. Look, the King James make it real, I mean, the Amplified makes it real plain. Look at this. Therefore, the Lord God, this is so loaded, earnestly wakes, expecting. He's looking and longing to be gracious to you. God is saying, man, I can handle that child. I can handle that bill. I'm waiting on you. What? What he just said up in the the other verse? To return to me and rest. Therefore he lifts himself up that he may have mercy on you and show loving kindness to you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied. Are all those who earnestly wait, and look what it says, for him who expect Look, long for him, for his victory, his favor, his love, his peace, his joy, his matchless unbroken companionship. I'm in covenant with God. That means that unbroken companionship means all God has said is stay with me. If you abide in me and let my word abide in you, without me you can't do nothing. I'm waiting on you to come back to my word. I'm waiting on you to return to me and rest. And together we'll get this thing done. I don't care what you're facing. My God, that is so powerful. Look at that. I'm going to read that again. I just like reading that. He said he longs for him. For his victory. He's looking for some who expects and longs for him. His victory. Oh, my God. I'm expecting victory, victory. Victory, victory ain't shall be mine. Victory is mine. Hallelujah. Something about to break here. His favor. Hallelujah. I know favor surround. His love. His peace. His joy. Which is my strength? His matchless, unbroken companionship. Long as I'm one with him, there ain't no devil in here. There's nothing that, that I'm gonna face today that me and my God cannot handle. God says he wait. I'm just waiting on the Lord. No, God waiting on you to let it go. So he can show you his victory, his power, his peace, his joy. Amen. We're gonna close with Isaiah 57. Isaiah 57. I want to balance this out because if you're going to have rest, you don't have to learn to walk in love and not be a vindictive person. You don't have to learn how to forgive and let go and drop stuff quickly. People don't realize unforgiveness, strive, these things will rob you of your peace. I think it's Psalms 119. Oh, boy, I don't want to quote the wrong verse, but it says, Great. It's the peace of those that love thy law and nothing shall offend them. I think it's verse 165, something like, uh 119. Notice, when you, don't, when you get offended, you lose your peace. You lose your rest. I've seen people get mad, get offended. It's a lot of stuff going on right now. There's a lot of mad folks in the world, offended and hatred going on. And, and look, man, if you don't have peace, if you don't rest, you don't have to let all that go. I don't have time the awkward folks. All, I got, man, I got to teach the word. I'm going to protect my, my my peace. Because here in Isaiah 57, as I get ready to close, look at verse 19 through 21. I create the fruits of the lips. Peace, peace to him that is afar, and him that is near, saith the Lord, and I will heal him. But the wicked, now, we're going to find out who the wicked is. And don't be start thinking about a statue, some witch on the Wizard of Oz. I'm outing, no. If my people which are called by my name, I'll give you a hint. It's turn term for their wicked ways. Wick, wicked means twisted, by the way. Backwards thinking. Wick, wicker, wicker furniture, twisted furniture. There are a lot of people thinking backwards right now, Christians. And he said to my people, he said, excuse me, he says, but the wicked are like the troubled sea which cannot rest. You ever seen a stormy water on the street going back and forth and the water is just still stormy and it's, 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 it's troubled waters and there are high waters and we got waves going. Why? He'll tell you why. The waters cannot rest. Why? Whose waters are cast up with and dirt. There's dirt down in there. It's, there's unforgiveness. And notice what he said. There is no peace, said my God, to the wicked. Now, if you go to rest, you'll have to learn to let stuff go. Because what he's talking about is unforgiveness. Unforgiveness don't rob the people you mad at of their peace. It rob you of your peace. Because you won't let it go. You won't drop it you offended with them. you mad at them. They hurt your feelings and they lied on you. You don't like them no more. And you ain't going to forgive them because they did something. And so what, when you don't forgive what you do, no one is designed, remember, to carry someone's sins. That's what unforgiveness is. You hold it against them. So you're holding it. You, by whosoever sins you retain, you retain that to your own life. So, you carry that with you to the beach, you carry that with you on vacation, you carry that with you on work, you carry it with you to the grocery store, and you, you in time you see them, you know, oh my God, why are you being carried? You're the one down because you're holding on to something. Jesus didn't hold on to your sin, and that's why you don't have no peace. That's why they have no rest. Faith won't work in unforgiving heart. Jesus taught that. You remember that? Come on, have faith in God. For whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not die in his heart, but believe those things which he said shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he said. Therefore, I say to you things whatsoever you desire. When you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And when you stand praying, forgive. He's still teaching on faith if you have all against it. For if you don't forgive, neither will your father ever forgive you. It ain't God can't forgive you're blocking his forgiveness. He ain't holding nothing against you. There's dirt in your pipe. So wickedness, put this up, put up my statement. Unforgiveness is spiritual wickedness. And you'll never have peace. You'll never have rest as long as you're mad at everybody in church, offended everybody in church. You go from one church to another, I don't like this. You're offended at this person. Offended at, I don't bleed like them. I don't like what they say. I'm mad at it. There's a lot of offense and hatred and wickedness going on right now. People in revenge. I'm on the revenge, so I'm going to get up back. Get, all of this stuff. And he says, here, he says, my statement forgiven am the spiritual wickedness and it'll rob you of your rest and will torment you. Don't hurt the person you're mad at. It's like you drinking poison expecting them to die. You can't rest. You can't. It's going to make you sick. It's going to break down your body. It's going to stop your faith. And you won't have rest. That's why a lot of people are consumed with hatred. I got ready to teach on the power of compassion. I was reading Matthew 24 where Jesus said one of the signs of the end time that the love of many shall wax cold and we see he was talking about the church. Go read that. Hard hearted. Christians now mad at one another. I don't care bless God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No rest. I don't have time for that. I'm not going to forfeit my peace for nobody. But well, no one. You say, well, what's the reference on that? Matthew 18, verse 32 and 34. Through 34, Jesus was teaching on unforgiveness as I get ready to close. He said this. He says, and his Lord said, you know the parable about the guy. He forgave of a $10 million debt, and he went out and took a guy that owed a $10 debt, took him by the throat, had his wife and children thrown in the prison until he repaired on. He forgot all about the compassion. See, that is saying You forgot about the mess you did, the garbage you was in. But you're going to hold something against someone else. And God forgave you. And his Lord said, after he called him, he said, O oh, thou wicked. There it is. There is no rest for the wicked. Now we're finding out what wickedness is. Unforgiveness. O oh, thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all your debt. Because you desired me. Should not thou has had compassion on your fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? Therefore the Lord was wroth and said, deliver him to the tormentors till he should pay all due him. Unforgiveness will torment you. It'll rob you of your rest, your peace, and you'll never sleep good. So, you need to release folks. You de- I don't care what they did. God released you, so you release others, praise God. So, if you're going to rest, that's why before I close, I want, because there's a lot of people mad, can't speak to this one, because they bleed this way. I don't, we, you know, we with this, we don't go with them. all. Listen, you can disagree without being disagreeable. I'm not going to forfeit my peace and my rest because of unforgiveness. Even though a lot of that is in the earth right now, a lot of that, and we see it. On TV, We see it everywhere. And don't tell me these people have peace. You can't. I don't care how much you smile, how much money you got. Peace don't come from cars, money, bank account. It comes from Jesus, praise God. That's where rest comes from. So I trust that you got something tonight In behalf of me and my wife. We love you. We're praying for you, praise God.